Hey, everybody, before we start the show, I just wanted to tell you that we have a Patreon if you're interested in supporting the show. All you have to do is go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt or support kilowatt.com and you can get rid of all of the pesky commercials. And it's cheap. It's only a dollar a month. Patreon.com forward slash kilowatt or support kilowatt.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host, and we are going to talk about Ford's Q3 2022 earnings call. This show will be right around 30 minutes. So let's go ahead and jump right into Jim Farley, the CEO of Ford. Let's go and jump into his opening remarks. Right away, he starts talking about the Ford Plus plan. Um, at its core, the Ford Plus plan splits Ford into two different entities, Ford Blue, which is the ICE vehicles, and Model E, little e, which is the electric side. And I should say Ford Blue also includes hybrids. So anything with an internal combustion engine falls under Blue. And obviously anything that's fully electric falls under E. Let's go ahead and jump into Jim Farley's opening remarks. We introduced the Ford Plus plan for growth and value creation two years ago, and the investment thesis had three drivers. Leveraging our iconic vehicles, our strengths, both geographically and nameplates. Number two, add to that integrated hardware, software, and connectivity into those vehicles, and then expand the total addressable market and unlocking value with Conquest EVs, new commercial vehicles, connected services and physical services, as well as mobility. So today I'd like to share a progress report on Ford's transformation. Of course, update you on our autonomy strategy and our announcement, and of course, recap the quarter. Our ambition to be the leader in EV is already taking shape. In our home market, uh, Ford Model E is now uh, has now had incredible successful uh, launch of three products. They're now in scaling F-150 Lightning, Mach-E, and E-Transit. And each are attracting, for interesting for us, almost all new customers. So this is growth. We're now the number two electric brand in the U.S. And we're just beginning with our scaling. 
our decision to create blue for both ICE and hybrid vehicles has focused and energized our team to leverage what we do best at Ford. All right. Not a lot to add on this, but terms like Ford Blue and Model E, they do come up in the earnings call quite a bit. And if you're not familiar, I thought this was a great way to get you familiar with the rest of the earnings call. Next up, Jim Farley is going to address Ford's autonomous driving efforts. And if you remember just recently, autonomous driving startup Argo recently shut down. And we talked about this. Ford and Volkswagen were the biggest shareholders in Argo. And I think around 2020, they mentioned somewhere in here, I don't know if it's in the recording or not. They mentioned that Ford and Volkswagen had controlling interest in the company and they decided to dissolve it for various reasons. And they'll talk about some of those, although I'm not 100% sure they're being genuine, but they'll talk about some of those in this next clip and uh, some other clips that we have when analysts start asking questions. But the Argo employees went to Ford, and some went to Volkswagen, and then some, unfortunately, just lost their jobs, and we'll have to find jobs elsewhere. But instead of me blabbering on, let's go ahead and listen to uh, Jim Farley explain Argo and kind of what happened there and what Ford's plan is going forward with autonomous driving. Now I'd like to share an important strategic shift in our autonomous vehicle strategy. Five years ago, we committed to invest a billion dollars in Argo AI to develop autonomous level four technology. In 2020, we completed a transaction that resulted in Ford and VW both owning the majority of Argo at equal levels. We still believe in level four autonomy, that it will have a big impact on our business of moving people. We've learned, though, in our partnership with Argo, and after our own internal investments, that we will have a very long road. It's estimated that more than $100 billion has been invested in the promise of Level 4 autonomy, and yet no one has defined a profitable business model at scale. Based on the change in this outlook, and our increasing promise and focus on level two plus and level three autonomy, we've decided to wind down the Argo business and impair the investment. We're working closely with Argo and VW on all the details. But here's what I want to focus on. Advancing level two hardware and software beyond what Blue Cruise can do today and ultimately enabling our customers to travel in very large ODDs or operating domains with their eyes off the road will give them back the single most valuable commodity in our modern lives, time. This has become mission critical for us at Ford. Ford has deployed Blue Cruise on many vehicles across hundreds of thousands of Blue Zone miles. We have strong technology partners working alongside us. And now we're going to bring in several hundred people from Argo, a brilliant collection of minds who've done a great job, who have done wonderful work in the L4 space. But their job and mission now is to help us create a differentiated level four Blue Cruise system. Yes, there are huge, this is a huge addressable market. And the potential for highly accretive new revenue streams 
tied to level three. But at the end of the day, this is about giving millions of people back time and eliminating the monotony of highway miles and stop and go traffic. And as for the future of true L4 autonomy, we don't expect there to be a sudden aha moment like we used to. Deploying L4 broadly, perhaps the toughest technical problem of our time, will require significant breakthroughs going forward in many areas. Reliable and low-cost sensing, that's not the case today. Algorithms that can operate on limited compute resources without constraining the operating time and domain of an electric vehicle. Breakthroughs in neural networks that can learn to operate a car more safely than a human, even in very complex urban environments. The muscles we, we have built with our new talent in broadly deploying a transformative Blue Cruise L3 system will ultimately be essential to the future of accessible driverless vehicles in everyday life. What's so exciting for me is that we are on the cusp of a transformational moment for Ford. We will introduce a lineup of not first, but second cycle EVs that are not only fully software updatable and constantly improving, but they will generate an 8% plus margin. An amazing array of software enabled services not just Blue Cruise L3, but many others. Video services for software, for safety and security. And we're already shipping a broad range of Ford Pro productivity tools and 100% uptime services for our commercial customers. That is a transformation for us. All right. What I read into this, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, Bodie at 918digital.com, but what I read into this was, hey, <laughs> turns out this level four is really hard. Maybe we should try solving level two and then solving level three before we move on to level four. And that makes total sense to me. There's really no sense in trying to skip to the end of the line when you haven't even mastered the second step. And I guess there's three steps. There's level zero, level one, level two. You haven't mastered level two yet. So I thought it'd be a good chance or an opportunity for us to talk about the levels of autonomous driving according to the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration. Zero is basically you got nothing. Uh, It's all up to the driver. Level one is driver assist, which includes adaptive cruise control, lane keep assistance, which is pretty common in newer vehicles today. And then you have level two, which is additional assistance. Basically, you're driving the car. You're responsible for monitoring the car. You know, you're responsible for steering and braking. But the car can take some of the load off of you. But you still need to be fully engaged and attentive in the driving experience. That's what level two is. And I think that's where almost all, if not all, uh, the Chevy Cruze, Waymo even, although I know that Waymo does have self-driving vans. Uh, I've experienced them. They're not very good. Maybe those could be considered level three, but they're definitely not level four. Tesla's autopilot and even a little bit of full self-driving here, I would still consider those level two. Now, some of those services I just talked about 
are tickling level three, but they're not quite there yet. So what is level three? Level three is the system drives, but you must be able to take over upon request. So the system's engaged and handles all aspects of driving while you as the driver are available for driving if requested. Well, you might be thinking to yourself at this point, that sounds a lot like Tesla's full self-driving and full self-driving beta, even autopilot. But if you go to the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration, if you go to their website, it says these technologies are not available on today's vehicles for consumer purchase in the United States. So as of this moment, for consumer purchase, and we'll take Waymo out of that because the vans cost, you know, like $180,000 plus because of all the equipment that's on there, not available. I think this will change over the next couple of years, but as of right now, we're not there. All right, moving on. He mentions level four, which is high automation. The system is fully responsible for driving tasks within service areas while occupants can act only as passengers and do not need to engage. So this is a geofenced area where basically there is no driver in this area. You are a passenger and the system under most weather conditions is able to handle all of the driving. Again, we're not quite there yet. And then finally, we have level five, which is full autonomy wherever you are and you're just the passenger. No human driver is actually needed to operate the vehicle no matter where it is. So with that, that kind of puts into perspective how hard it's going to be to reach level four. It's going to be really difficult to get out of level two to reach level three. But from level three to level four, it seems like it's going to be a lot more work than what some folks say it's going to be. And I'm not going to mention who, but we all know some people who talk like that, that, you know, will be full self-driving by the end of the year, which is, you know, in a month. We'll see if that happens or not. Next up, Jim Farley is going to give us an update on what's going on with Model E and its progress. So let's go ahead and listen in. Let me now switch to the quarter. With Ford Model E, we're on track to reach our annual production rate of 600,000 EVs by the end of next year and 2 million by 2026. I'll say that close carefully. There is no change to our target. We're adding shifts to the Mustang Mach-E and F-150 Lightnings as we speak, and we're scaling production of e-transit. In Europe, our all-new EV Manufacturing Center clone will finish complete, will be complete and turning out vehicles midway through next year. Our Ford Autosan JV in Turkey is not only scaling the two-ton e-transit, but they're also going to be launching a brand new product, a one-ton e-transit custom electric, while breaking ground on a new battery plant that will supply those for those transits. And in September, we're starting production. We've already started construction of Blue Oval City in Tennessee, where we will build a new generation EV truck and batteries. And at the same time, we've already broken ground as well on the new Blue Oval SK battery plants, plural, in Kentucky. We're also further strengthening Model E's EV supply chain. Our team is making great progress in securing raw materials. Importantly, the processing of those raw materials and the battery capacity that we need. We expect the U.S. Inflation Reduction Act 
to have a wide range of positive impacts for both our customers and for Ford. What's not yet clear is the degree to which the IRA will drive customer demand versus offsetting our EV investments and growth. So let me touch on some of the potential benefits of the IRA. The first opportunities are largest. The battery production tax credit of about $45 per kilowatt hour. From 23 to 26, we estimate a combined available tax credit for Ford and our battery partners could total more than $7 billion, with large step up in annual credits in 27 as our JV battery plants ramp up to full production. The second benefit is often overlooked. I haven't actually read anyone in the media covering this, but it's super important for Ford, and that's the commercial EV credit. You know that Ford is the number one commercial vehicle brand in the U.S., and our commercial customers can now claim next year $7,500 per EV vehicle they buy with no restrictions on battery sourcing or manufacturing. Our preliminary estimate is that between 55 and 65% of all of our commercial vehicle customers will qualify. A third opportunity is retail. Ford EVs and our PHEVs remain eligible for the $7,500 tax credit until guidance is issued at the end of this year. Next year, we believe we'll meet the $3,750 critical materials credit requirement on certain Mustang Mach-E and F-150 Lightning models. In 24, the rules will further restrict this critical materials credit, so we believe it's a playing a fairly level playing field right now for all the OEMs as our supply chains of critical material extraction and course processing in the U.S. and FTA develops. The fourth benefit centers on the funding growth in our investments, such as geothermal energy credit, critical for Blue Oval City, the Department of Energy loans, grants to convert our domestic facilities to produce electric vehicles, battery plants, and other EV components. We're exploring all these capabilities and possibilities, as you can imagine. Now, as you know, we shared the new electric customer standards with all of our North America dealers last month at Vegas. That means a single, simple e-commerce platform, ultra-low vehicle-finished inventory, non-negotiated pricing, and fast charges at all of our dealerships. Now, early response from our dealers has been very favorable. Many are poised to invest to meet these new standards for electric vehicle customers, while other dealers will opt to specialize for blue or for pro. And there's real rewards for going first. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It doesn't sound like dealers are super stoked about this plan, <laughs> but, you know, just based off a story we had last week or the week before, but we won't readdress that. Ford's making moves in Europe, which is good. Uh, I'm really excited to hear what new EV truck they're going to announce. And then finally, in this clip, it sounds like Ford had a decent idea of where they sit in terms of the Inflation Reduction Act and what uh, kind of tax benefits they will be getting from that. So that's good. And he did a good job of explaining it and breaking it down. I don't really have anything more to add other than out of all the CEOs that I've heard to this point, he probably did the best job. All right, let's jump into the analyst questions. The first question was about Argo. And honestly, Jim Farley's answer was muddled and it was not clear. Uh, Doug Field, he answered the question as well. And I didn't get a better sense of, of, I, w I should say that he spoke on the question. I don't think he answered the question. Basically, Doug Field said, uh, for level four autonomy or le improved level three autonomy, we need talent. Uh, we need talented programmers and engineers to come and work for us. Uh, if you don't know who Doug Field is, he was initially, he worked for Ford as an engineer very early in his career. He was a vice president at Segway, Apple, and Tesla. And now he's the chief officer of EVs and digital systems at Ford. You should know who he is because he's playing a big role in Ford's transition to EVs. Now, I told you that story, so I can tell you this one because our next clip is a question again on Argo. So let's go ahead and listen in. Just to follow up on, on the Argo, just to be clear, I mean, d did you look for acquirers for the business? I mean, obviously, rather than taking a big impairment and, you know, maybe to follow up a little bit, what is your kind of timeline for level four that you're looking at? I mean, do you think this is 
20 years out at this point? I mean, I guess you had to come up with some sort of assessment before you, you made the decision. Absolutely. Um, you know, as I mentioned, Colin, we looked at many variables, and one of them is access to public markets. We were very clear that the Argo journey would include access to public markets over the last year. And, you know, we feel like that's a lot more challenged. Um, so, yes, we, we looked at possible partnerships and funding, but it was one of maybe 10 factors that we looked at in making this decision. Uh, John, maybe why don't you share your our discussion as a leadership team on the time frame? Yeah, so, uh, Colin, when we, when we looked at this, as Jim said, not only does it require the technology breakthroughs and the capital invested in the technology, but then in all the services and fleets uh, scaling across the country that would be required to get to a profitable business unit. Business, we saw that, you know, five years plus. The horizon being that far out before you could actually get to something that started to generate a meaningful business. Um, and we see a much greater opportunity to impact more customers immediately with the L2, L3 technology and impact our business in a positive way in the more near-term time frame. So that was part of the business discussion that we had with the team. Again, it sounds like level four was much harder to crack than they thought it was. So they made the decision to concentrate on L2, L3. And speaking about L3, we have a question on L3 and when does Ford think they'll be able to bring it to market? So let's go ahead and listen into that. Yes, uh, good afternoon. Thank you very much for taking the questions. Um, so maybe you could share more on the timing to bring L3 products to market. And is that something you think Ford will be developing in-house, uh, perhaps with some benefit from Argo uh, capabilities? Um, is that thinking something you, you perhaps uh, leverage from some of the suppliers uh, and some of their potential input or, or maybe some combination? Thank you, Mark. I think Doug is best suited to answer this. All I would say is that we're timing the arrival in line with our second cycle of EVs and, and a fully updatable, software updatable vehicle. So kind of think of that 23 to 25 timeframe as Ford completely refreshing its EV lineup globally, uh, introducing fully updatable uh, electrical architectures and in-house software development for, for controlling the vehicle leveraging all of our experience of now we've done 5 million OTAs and an enhanced level two plus and level three system. Over to you, Doug. Thanks, Jim. Um, we are not going to ignore the capabilities of suppliers that can provide value in our, in our L3 solution. Um, there are, there are great manufacturers of components of systems such as uh, imaging sensors and radar. And we'll, and we'll take advantage of that. But we will have a core team that can integrate a system, understand its performance at the system level, and we will own the software. Um, it is really important that we also own the connection to these vehicles. Um, L3 is a connected technology, so the ability to uh, have a pipeline that collects data and makes the system better and better, we must own that. Finally, the customer experience, how um, the customer moves in and out of autonomous operation. That's a problem that actually doesn't exist in L4 and is a huge opportunity for us to create um, a Ford experience that's really unique. 
So uh, those are the areas that we will absolutely develop great capability in-house uh, and focus on in, in the L3 development. And we're really excited about the Argo team helping us with, with that internal effort. So my question is, when do you think Ford's second cycle EVs will hit the market? 2023-2025, that sounds soon. Do you think that Level 3 will be ready by 2025? Maybe in certain areas, maybe in blue zones, as Ford calls it. Uh, I, I don't know. If you don't mind indulging me for just a second here, uh, we can all agree that Tesla's been doing this longer than anybody else. Waymo's pretty close uh, in terms of developing autonomous software at the level that they currently are. Like Tesla's pretty far along, Waymo's pretty far along. We'll both agree on that. Every time Tesla does something that involves new hardware or removing hardware, what they do is they take away some of the features, and then they slowly add it back in. It sounds like Ford, what they have now is, uh, and again, this is just sounds like I don't have any insider knowledge on this, but it sounds like they're kind of up, up against the limitations. Like they've maxed out what they have. It doesn't sound like they're collecting all that much data, which I would think that Ford would be collecting all of this data like Tesla does. But it doesn't sound like they're doing that because uh, Doug Field mentioned that they need to collect more data with the new uh, cycle of EVs. So if they have to implement new hardware and new software and a new backend and new servers and a new this and a new that with the next cycle of EVs, I think that's going to introduce a bunch of problems into their full self-driving that they're going to have to solve. And yes, maybe they'll have the capabilities in terms of they have the software in place, they have the hardware in place, but I don't think they'll have it perfected in a way where level three is going to be working straight out of the gate. Again, if they're they're choosing like these little blue zones, these geofenced areas where it's going to work really good, I think that's going to be easier. But it's still not going to be easy. I, I just anytime you implement new hardware, new software, new this, new that, there's going to be problems that you don't anticipate when you roll it out at scale, and you have to roll back features because there's going to be problems. Like we still have issues sometimes when our iPhones update. And Apple's been doing this for a long time, and there's still problems. All right, I'm not going to beat a dead horse. Maybe I'll go forward this. Maybe in one small blue zone in, you know, Chattanooga, Tennessee, may be able to use level three, but nowhere else in the world are you going to be able to do that. I, I'm just saying it's going to be harder than they are suggesting on this earnings call. All right, this is our last clip here, and it's all about the Inflation Reduction Act and has it motivated Ford to build more EVs. You mentioned the myriad of ways that the IRA could potentially benefit Ford, and you reiterated the um, the, the, the capacity ramp targets through 2026, I believe. But, it, but do you think over the longer term and, and perhaps out over the next uh, 10 years or so, does the IRA change the gross amount of investment you want to make into EVs and how quickly Ford may shift uh, toward EVs, especially in the latter part of this decade. Thanks. I, it only accelerates what we're going to do, for sure. Um, and, and what's exciting for us is, is being a 40% player in the U.S. and the top brand in Europe. 
of commercial vehicles in the U.S., I mean, we've never had this before. To give you a sense of the EV tax credit for commercial, how evocative that is for Ford, the, the, the people who buy a police vehicles, the people who buy ambulances, the communities, the, the um, emergency responders, they've never had tax credits. They are going to have, this is not just a $7,500 tax credit for consumers. This is for businesses, including local municipalities. So, um, you know, I, I think this will have a dramatic impact on the adoption of EV, which, which we're already 90% market share in, in the EV business. Uh, we think it will really accelerate the um, demand for these commercial EVs, and that's only going to accelerate our speed to market and our scaling of, of those vehicles. We can't wait to show you the vehicles themselves because they're second-generation commercial EVs. So, I, you know, this is going to accelerate. What, what's not clear yet, I said, is will the consumer demand side of this legislation be the largest benefit to our customers and the company, or will it be more like the industrialization of vehicles? That's something to play out in the marketplace. And it's hard to handicap that, honestly. All right. What I got from this clip is that me, as the host of this show, I'm going to have to pay more attention to the commercial side of Ford's EV uh, brand because I don't pay attention to it at all right now. But Ford is clearly excited about it. They mentioned it several times throughout the earnings call, which leads me to believe that they are seeing dollar dollar bills, y'all. They they are excited about the money that's going to come in from the EV side, the commercial EV side. He mentions first responders. Right now, we have a Ford F one, or excuse me, F five fifty Wildland truck, and this thing is, in terms of a truck, it's a beast. In terms of a Wildland truck, it's puny, but as a as a pickup truck, this thing is a beast. Ford doesn't currently sell an electrified F-550. Um, if they are going to get into the commercial side of things with ambulances, which are often on Ford chassis, if they're going to get into uh, like BC buggies, which is what the battalion chiefs drive around or chief buggies uh, when the chiefs go from place to place, they're going to have to uh, hurry. Like a BC buggy could be an F-150 lightning pretty easy. But just speaking about the first responder side of things, there are some people in support services that need a more heavy-duty truck to get things from place to place, and that would be an F-250, F-350. Really, the F-550s are for things like wildland trucks. F-450s would be more like an ambulance. Um, but I could, I could see where for with the tax credits on the municipal side of things that municipalities can take uh, advantage of, well, this would be a big deal. There's a lot of folks who work in parks departments. Um, you know, there's, uh, uh, I'm forgetting the department, the department that takes care of the roads and the sidewalks and the fire hydrants, the water department, all of these groups could use, uh, you know, F-150 and above class vehicles. So I could see why Ford's excited about this. 
All right, everybody, I said I was going to try to keep this to 30 minutes, and that's where we happen to be, so I'm going to end it here. If you want to email me, it's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. You can find me on Twitter, at 918digital. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me or direct message me. I am happy to answer any questions you have. Let's see here. Think, think, think. I think that's it. So I'm going to see you on Friday. I hope everybody has a great day. And I don't know how to end this anymore. Thanks for listening to the show. We'll talk to you on Friday. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.